Welcome to Toffee Blue View, your source for all things Everton. Uh, we're the trio is back. We're rocking our uh, our pyramid of uh, I, I see. I was gonna say power, but then it sounds really egotistical. I'm Jerry. Terry's here. Max is here, and uh, it's you know the usual crew. Um, we're we are, we are smiling with our eyes today, so. It's probably gonna through, come through on the podcast that we're we're talking a lot with with goofy grins on our faces because this weekend this weekend didn't totally ruin our lives. It was awesome, you know. Um, my uh, I I uh, Friday uh, I I got older, so I, I'm now even older than forty. Uh, I am forty one now. And it was like this busy work day. It was like, and, and, and it was like really just meh birthday. You know, we I had dinner with the family, but it was just, oh, I couldn't do anything for myself or anything relaxing. So I told my wife, I was like, you know what? The whole weekend, this is just going to be my birthday weekend. It's not a birthday. It's the damn weekend. Yeah. Congratulations. Every, Congratulations oh, thanks, for another man. year on the earth, man. <laughs> thanks, man. <laughs> Appreciate it. But it was the best birthday weekend. Good. It was so good. good. You know, it's like my my kid played awesome in his academy game. He looked really good. I got to uh, hang out, relax. I got to go for uh, a couple of runs. And then, holy crap, Sunday, Blues look, look money for one whole half. <laughs> which, which we will give more, more details on uh, later. Um, uh, so that's what's been going on with me. Uh, Terry has just informed us that uh, he's going to be going somewhere very soon and and uh, possibly quoting Anchorman a decent amount. Um, so, so Terry, where are you heading soon and when? Um, later in middle of the year, summertime. I'm um, I'm 30, so it's a big big birthday. So I'm going uh, to Rome for a week. So I'm going to be eating a lot of. Um, comfort food, you know, like pizza, the <laughs> gelato over there, like ice cream. It's amazing. Yeah, just gonna do as the Romans do when in Rome. When in Rome, yeah, probably wear <laughs> wear a couple of a uh, Ro- Roma football shorts. Uh, <laughs> I probably won't wear the tops because they probably don't do them in darts player sizes. But um, shorts, I'll be wearing those. <laughs> No, I, uh, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be good. Rome's Rome's an amazing city, and um, I, I can't wait. It's going to be great. Hopefully, I get to go and see the Roma um, Stadium. I've typically forgot the uh, name. The Olympico. Stadio Olimpico. Yeah, Stadio Olimpico. That's it. Uh, I'm going to go. Hopefully, go and see that while I'm there and have a little look around. I don't think there'll be any games on though because it's going to be around like late June. But yeah, looking forward to it. Ironically. Maybe they'll have a friendly or something yeah, there. I, I, you know, ironically, I did for my first year. I have in my second year now, I'm in my uh, room for uni, I've got a poster of Totty. So, uh, any, any Totty merch, send it my way. <laughs> yeah, there will be in, in Rome. He's like a hero, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah, uh, Terry's going to Rome for his 30th birthday, and this summer I'll be like, so I'm hanging out at Myrtle Beach. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm so so jealous. You know, you guys, you guys get to uh, go to some really amazing places in Europe. Uh, I feel like was it? Uh, did you go to Barcelona? I know you went to yeah, Spain, Max. Got, last got you know, recently. Oh yeah, and and well, why pray tell? Are you wearing it now? Because, is this a coincidence? Lionel Messi is just an alien. He's just not of the earth. He's the greatest football player of all time. Anybody want to argue that? Well, that was his fifty-first <laughs> career hat trick, and a free kick from about twenty-five yards was the worst of his goals. Like he's just abnormal. Mm. Opposition fans like even applauded him, didn't they? Like off yeah, the pitch, shades like... of Ronaldinho, the Bernabeu. That's amazing. That is amazing. And you know, and that's the thing. Like 
you see a lot of people like uh, trashing Messi or trashing Ronaldo, and I'm, I just lean back and I'm like, we get to watch some good ass players yeah. right now. You know what I mean? It's like a, it, it's a damn, it's a yeah. privilege to be able to see this. Mm-hmm. You know, they won the double last year, and I, I feel like even that, like with the Champions League, etc. I think we're going into another era of, of Barca dominance. And and what I've been most pleased about is. As, as you say, a lot of people doubt Messi, saying, you know, he's only that good because he plays with Xavi and Iniesta for so long. Now, without Xavi and, and Iniesta, he's still proven that he's the greatest. So, yeah. I'm really curious about the how rest of Champions League goes, though. It's you know what I mean? Right now, I'm kind of like, yeah, it is. It's a weird... That was a weird draw, by the we way. We all know who's going to win it in the end. Let's just say it. You know what I mean? They're, they're, they're doing the double empty. They win the Prem and they win the Champions League. Oh, oh, see, I was going to say Porto. I thought they had this wrapped up. Seriously, <laughs> if, if um, it does end up Liverpool-Barca next round, I would very much like to see Messi versus Van Dijk. Because as good as Van Dijk is, Messi is just on another planet. I'd like to see how he, did, how he dealt with him. Yeah, decent I, yeah, <clears throat> I, I'm just kind of like, you know, I don't, I I don't want to see... <laughs> They shouldn't yeah. play anybody. Like, ever. You hope it's Porto, Barcelona in the next round. That'd be great. Yeah, yeah. I'm looking forward to seeing Brahimi play. <laughs> <laughs> Just because we're linked to him, like, every two weeks. Uh, it'll still every never happen. Uh, yeah, it really is. I, I got really hooked on the fact that he might come here one summer. I was just expecting it to happen. All these Algerian sources came in and said, it's happening. And then total silence. <laughs> that's just the way it works, right? That's that's the, the window. Uh, they'll have to go through that again coming up soon this summer. Um, all right. Enough catching up with, with the guys and what's going on in in life. Uh, basically, yeah, life is still happening. Uh, you know, I've got family stuff. Max has all kinds of school and career stuff, and Terry's got career stuff happening too. It's a, it, our lives do continue despite the fact w- that we come on here and rant and rave about about the blues, you know, twice a week, which frankly is is fun. Um, so it's funny, Max. I thought you were actually putting in a cassette just no. then that sound it sounded like you were taking a cassette out and you're really? putting it in like uh what's it star lord yeah. or guardians of the galaxy or something sound, right? <laughs> yes <laughs> all right so uh for pod pod people out there uh it's it's an abbreviated recording session uh in only in probably just in segment number chelsea reaction got to start with that because Yay for that. Um, then we'll go into... We're going to talk about somebody who seems like kind of forgotten right now. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, James McCarthy. What is to be done with Jaime? Uh, we got to figure this out, all right? And then we're going to finish with a quiz. Uh, pretty straightforward stuff. Uh, Chelsea reaction, probably going to roll long. McCarthy, if we all agree, it'll probably roll short in the quiz. Well, this could go on forever because these guys just always get all of them right. So, yeah. Chelsea reaction... Uh, spoiler alert, so if you have the game on record, giving, telling you right now, tell, saying the score now, 2-0 for the good Blues. All right? The Blues, the blues that, you know, are better. Uh, tale of two halves. And that's kind of where I, where I, where I want to start, guys. Uh, uninspiring first half from Everton. Um, for uh, American people out there who watched on NBC Sports... There was a, there was a, some kind of commentator, the color commentator, and he was awful. He was awful. It's like he had no idea how Everton had drawn with Chelsea the first time. So when Everton were like not pressing and pulling far back, he did nothing but talk about how it was a stupid idea. And finally, the, the play-by-play guy was like, well, you know, this is what they did last time. He had not done his research. The jackass had not done his research, and it was just, he clearly, it, it was just, even other... Other Americans on Twitter said, this guy obviously hates us. It was terrible. So I just want to say, that was a shitty experience. <clears throat> but it was nice to, ha- to have him just eat his own words later. That was beautiful. Um, so, uninspiring first half. Uh, guys, Terry, let's start with you because we do that. 
I think I just do that because Max was with me from way, way back, and Terry's only way back. So he's still sort of a guest, but not really. He's a he's a regular. So Terry, let's talk about the adjustments that Silva made throughout the game, but not subs. I'm talking more pressing type of adjustments. Uh, the different uh, pressure and, uh, you know, second half, what was different. I'll start with Terry and I'll go to Max. Same question. I have a feeling this is going to be a builder thing throughout the three of us. We're all going to add something new to it. So, Terry, what do you think about Silva's adjustments? Well, he definitely started off the exact same way that he did in the away game. But, obviously, Chelsea were never going to play the exact same way they played in the away gate in yeah, at their ground because they knew we'd done a really good job on them last time. So we weren't very good. I've got you know we we were the intensity wasn't there. We didn't we you know we weren't closing down properly. There was we weren't closing down in numbers. It just was meek. It was um, it was like afraid. It was timid. It, 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 one of the commentators here said I think it was Gary Neville and he got it right. He said. Everton looked like a side just waiting to get beat. Like they don't seem to want to play a game with Chelsea. And it has to be said as well, like on top of that, Chelsea played, and even um, Ritu Sari said, Chelsea played possibly their best half of football all season. They were absolutely brilliant in the first half, Chelsea. And to, to combine that with how poor and, you know, sort of nervous we looked, I'm amazed we got in at half time um, being. All square. I thought we should have been two, maybe even three down, like just without the amount of chances they were having. We got away with it though, and then in the second half, you could just tell him right that game plan that we worked on, that sort of spoiling the game for Chelsea game plan. That's not going to work. We're going to have to get about them. We're going to have to attack them. We're going to have to. We're just going to have to go for it because we can't be any worse than we were in the first half. And in the first half, our front three players, I think they were like the three players who had the least amount of touches of the ball. Or maybe it was Bernard, Richarlison and Sigurdsson. Like Calvert-Lewin had a few, but the, the other, the, our attacking players didn't get the ball very much. I think we were trying to build up too slowly and then came off the blocks in the second half and just looked like a different team. I think I think they'd had a bit of an, uh, a telling off. Some of the players who weren't really in the game, a.k.a. Richarlison, come out with a fire lit underneath them. And just took the game to to Chelsea, and Chelsea, as bad as as much improved as we we were in the second half, went just the same velocity in the other direction. They just came out a different team and were poor, and their passing was waywards. Their positional sense was awful. Richarlison won't get a, a sort of a more a weaker opponent all season than he did with Marcus Alonso because he was everywhere. So Silva, people people kick Silva when he gets things wrong, but he's cl- he clearly recognised the issues with um, that he was facing at half time and adjusted it, and we ended up winning the game. So credit to Marco Silva, he did change things, and it worked. Mm-hmm. Max, what do you got on this? You want to build? Yeah, and let me just get my initial pessimism out the way. <laughs> I genuinely thought we, we should we should have been three 0 down in that first half. Um, Hazard had one save by Pickford and one off the post, and Higuain had another one save by Pickford, which Michael Keane prevented from going over the line. And yeah, just echo what Terry said. Like Chelsea were absolutely fantastic on the ball, and you know we were absolutely awful off the ball. To be, I mean, I know yeah, you could if it if that's part of the game plan. And, and, and obviously it's paid off, but you know from where I was watching, obviously I sit just in the, the family enclosure, the Gladys Street, Gladys, Gladys Street, and like the positional awareness of Coleman picking up Hazard was really poor. Players like Hazard and Ross Barkley, about Ross Barkley too, were just pulling the strings, getting in behind and and, and dancing through the defence at times. Um, but yeah, as Teddy said, and I think Seamus Coleman alluded to it when he was on media duties after the game, they seemed to get a um, bit of a telling off of Silver at half-time, and I think Dominic Calvert-Lewin set the tone straight away when he played that ball across the six-yard box. It got good, it got yes. good, you know, it was a really good ball. It got Goodison, you know, up on on, on the edges of the seats, which it really should have been from the off. Um, I was, just to finish on the first half, I was concerned because it did look like, the you know, the same kind of frank, frantic defending that seen us concede so many times towards the end of that Newcastle game, and that looked like where we were picking off. But um, yeah, it was a completely different second half. We pressed, we got in the faces, and we were, you know, I, I know the the um, 
our goals came from the um, the after phases of, of uh, dead balls. So you've got the corner, and then you've got the penalty. But you know, goals are goals, and I like you know, I, I think Terry was the first one to to, to mention this. If you know that that was Marco Silva's biggest win as Everton manager. And fingers crossed now, that is the catalyst for picking up three points against the other big teams that we've got left to play. Yeah, um, uh, it looked like the beginning, like you guys, just to reiterate, uh, it looked like we were starting the way we did before uh, in our previous match with with Chelsea. Um, But it looked like at first it was almost no press. It was like the pressing was was restricted to one half, and that was our defensive half. Then it looked like we gradually would start to situationally press as that half progressed. It did look like we grew into the game a little bit more in the first half. Um, it looked like a lot of their they had a lot of threatening chances. It looked like honestly in the first like fifteen twenty minutes, it was it had very little hope. Yeah, <laughs> you know. But it did look like we gradually turned up some situational pressure. Uh, second half, it looked like we decided, you know what, let's let's actually, instead of trying to just not lose, uh, let's actually go after them and try to try to actually get the win, try to actually score. We were pressing a lot harder, a lot higher. Uh, and additionally, our def- our defense looked more compact. If you look at the beginning, the first that that first half. Chelsea's runs, there were so many diagonal runs, and when one person went to one channel, someone else would fill where they were before, and one defender would track the first the first attacker and then leaving that space open, and someone would fill. There was so much, that sorry ball, that and, channel filling, you know? Yeah, and we, we seemed so timid to put a foot in at times, which was mm-hmm. really quite frustrating to see, because when you, you know, when you think back to other classic games in recent memory at Goodison against bigger sides. I think might the example that I used is back in Martinez's first season when we beat Arsenal 3-0. Straight away from the kickoff, Stephen Naismith goes right into Mikel Arteta. I was what I was wanting to see someone do the same on Ross Barkley just to get Goodison rare and, and you know on the edge of the seat as I said. Um, so from that, you know, we were we were edgy and just we looked like we were as Gary Neville said that we didn't want to play with them, but second half, as I said, came out and set a completely different tone. Um, an interesting fact that um, stat that I found on Twitter: the front four in the first half lo- um, lost the ball thirty-one times and only completed eighteen passes. You you know juxtaposed that completely in the, in the second half, where Richarlison completed more tackles, sprints, and won the ball more than any other Everton player in a game this year. Like. It was a complete, like you know, change in the performance, and you want to see that. I know we've got the international break now, but you want to see that same intensity and desire carried forward in the games we've got left. Yeah, uh, the defense just looked so much more compact. Second half, they looked like they knew what to expect. Um, Hazard, I can't believe I'm saying this. Not really much of a factor. Second half, uh, if you watched often when Hazard would get the ball, shit, Coleman would drop. He would drop and defend more inside. Richarlison would drop and pick up Hazard. You saw him, Richarlison on Hazard, uh, often, often. Respect to Richarlison's defensive work. Don't say that often. Don't feel like I say that often. Maybe it's a part of his game that I overlook often. But he played. He defended really well uh, on Sunday. Um, really impressed with what he did there. So it was, you know, I. I do think there was some inspiration coming from Silva in, in, in the locker room at the half, but I think there were some very intelligent tactical shifts uh, made by him. And, and these are the kind of things that we, we look for, that we, we just crave, you know, put it in our veins, please. We, we just haven't seen a lot of that over the years from managers who have been really stubborn, you know? Uh, that was just, man, I, I was writing down players that deserve credit, for for yesterday, it's a long list. A lot of them for me. For me, Dom, um, Jordan Pickford was man of the match. As I said earlier, like we we would have been three 0 down if it wasn't for him. And, but um, Pickford's the first name I wrote down. Al- yeah. Although he's not, but, I don't know why, but I thought he I thought he did had a great game. I, uh, it was like a reaction. Yeah, you know what I mean. Second half, obviously the you know the emphasis switches and we we play you know more forward thinking attacking football, and that's where you know the performance of the Calvert Lewin and and Richardson really really improved like they were holding the ball up exceptionally well 
when we were flooding numbers forwards. And it, it's interesting to see, in particular, Calvert-Lewin, because, you know, we saw that a much improved performance from him against Van Dijk in the Merseyside derby, where he didn't get the better of him, per se, but, you know, he didn't stop battling to the final whistle. Right. He, he won more aerial duels than any other player on the pitch up against Antonio Rudiger. I, you know, his, his performances against world-class centre-halves are getting better and better by each game, and expose a young young player to game time this it's the you know the re- rewards that you're going to see from it um so i think uh, i thought pickford played astoundingly but i still think dcl is my man of the match just because of the work rate um but pickford was the first name i wrote down that's kind of funny how that works um who uh who performed well for you terry who's the first first ones that come to your mind and if it's the same ones that's that's allowed uh- <laughs> A lot of them, like, but for me, some of the standouts were Richarlison. Obviously, like he, he literally, I was say, I was, I think I tweeted at a half time. Um, I tweeted before the game and then reiterated at half time. Like we, we need some performances from some of these players now. We need performances from Richarlison, uh, from Yerry Mina, from players like that. It's like different reasons, but Richarlison's. We've spent a lot of money on him. We put a lot of investments of time and like a lot of hopes into him. Still a young player, he's still got a lot, you know, to learn and stuff. I'm not saying he needs to be winning those games by himself constantly, but it's like we need these games for him to stand up and be counted. We need him to have an impact on the games. We've got too many players who, who don't have an impact on the big games. Um, no big game players, or it, you would think that. And then he stepped up. He just really stepped up. So Richarlison looked like the player that we know he can be, and. I was absolutely made up to see how well he was playing when he came back out and when he got his goal. Yeri Mina also, a lot of um, fans had started to veer, and they still will. It's not like it suddenly stops with yesterday. Um, but they veer into, oh, he's not really hitting the heights that we thought he would or he, you know, the expectation we've put on him. He hasn't fulfilled that, so therefore sell him. He was veering into that bad buy sort of um, area with some fans, and I thought that was ridiculous because... His first season in the Premier League, he's had a lot of injuries. He's that—that's why Zuma has had a lot of playing time. Zuma was originally bought to cover for Mina and Keane, but he's had to play a lot more games than he, he expected because Mina's not always been fit, and he's had a little bit of trouble in games adapting because obviously he's still quite you know rash for a Premier League defender. But he's got something. He's I I I will. I will pr- literally defend Yerry Mina till the cows come home. I think he's got something. He's an, he's unpolished. It's not like he's the finished article, but Richarlison, Mina, them, those two stood out for me. Much like Calvert-Lewin, Idrissa Gay, every game just works his arse off. And it's like he's man of the match every week. He just absolutely is in... He's just so invaluable to us. And if we do end up losing him for PSG, we can't really complain that it's a club of that size are coming for him. I'm going to have a job replacing him as well because he's so crucial to our team. He just tackles anything that moves. <laughs> um, you know, obvious additional uh, positive uh, vibes for uh, Coleman. You know, a couple of, couple of spots, you know, he played a an off pass here or there, errant pass, but... Honestly, he's he's doing all right. I don't have I don't have a lot of criticism for Seamus. Uh, Andre Gomez just he looked like a guy in charge. You know when yeah. he was you know I th- he I thought he was going to get a yellow way before he did. Mm, I was going <laughs> to say I I genuinely think that game was the best we've ever seen Idrissa Gay and Andre Gomez play together. Mm. Like the way they, you know they 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 shouldered some real defensive responsibility throughout the entire of the game, and it really taught you know it told. I know, Andre, and it was nice to see Andre Gomez having a go from distance every now and again. Which obviously, I think one of his shots forced the corner for the. Mm-hmm. I think, but you know, to to see those players take the re- defensive responsibility against, you know, make no mistake about it, world class opposition. I know they had a real, I know, I know they had an off game, but they are world class opposition. And as I say, just hope sure we continue that going forward. One thing I want to bring up as well, it's not specific to this game, but it was featured in this game. It was um, the the good job that Marco Silva and the team itself has done in the last couple of weeks on facing down the issue of the Goodison Park crowd. Mm. They've they've done it the right way. They've turned around and put half of it on the crowd going, we like it when you, you, know, you back us, when you give us the big atmosphere, it makes us play better. 
but they've also taken a lot of responsibility themselves. Go after the Chelsea game, they're like, but we also need to give you something to get behind. And this is something that's been a problem for a couple of years. Even um, I think it was Nikola Vlasic said when he said this season, didn't he? That last season, the players are terrified of the crowd um, because of the reaction if if they're not playing well. And I, it's not. It's been a problem for a couple of managers now. And I'm glad that that Silver has not just tried to ignore it and hope it goes away. And he's actually, you know, tried to get hold of the the bull by the horns and said, "Listen, we need you to support us. We need you to, to you know, give us that that twelfth man effect." Which a lot of the half of the supporters who are of that same mind have gone, "Yeah, yeah, you're right." And they've got all banners and it looks amazing mm-hmm. and they get you know the atmosphere is going. But then the other half who were like, "No, no, no, you need to get us off our feet. You need to you need to make us want to support you." They've also, uh, you know, um, met them in the middle as well, and and you know, may you know had combative performances, the old school sort of like siege football at Goodison Park. It's like you need both, and if you can long term, if you can cure that sort of disconnect between the team and the and the um, the Goodison crowd, it's so it's so beneficial to uh, yeah. uh, so many of David Moyes' best victories and. Martinez in his first year were just they were just forced over the line by the crowd. The Gladys Street used to suck the ball in the net like when we were up when we needed a goal, and that's been gone for ages. And other managers have ignored it and tried to pretend it wasn't there. They've basically decided this season we need to address this. We need to get it sorted, and hopefully it sticks because Liverpool and Chelsea have no now both come to Goodison Park and we've got four points out of them. And I think the crowds plays a big part in that. Yeah, in respect to the uh, the fan group, is it the originals? Yeah, who, and, who've been and, and put a lot of work into trying to get get some, you know, continue to generate more atmosphere, which is, you know, yeah. which is half of it. Exactly what Terry's saying. Uh, Moy said the same thing you said, Terry. I think he was he was on TV this weekend talking about the the goodness and atmosphere. It's it's two sided, just like everything in life. It's not as compli- It's it's more complicated. It's not just the team has to play, the fans have to be better. It's a little bit of both. You yeah, know what I mean? Balance. Yeah, balance. Yeah, Max. Yeah. Like and they've addressed it. They've stopped ignoring it and trying to just hope it corrects itself. And you know the, the managers commented on it, and it's it's hopefully improving. And yeah, the originals, that that big banner, and Everton. 1938, I think as well. I think they're another group. They were, I think they were the ones responsible for the the number yeah. nine span. But the originals have done stuff as well. All of those groups like that, more of that. I've got. There's never too much of that for me. I love all mm-hmm. that. That's what you you look abroad and you see fans doing it, and you just think, oh, that's that's amazing. Mm-hmm. We've got it in us to be some of the best fans in the league, but obviously we're not the type of fans who you know tell everyone that we are because. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But we are, and it, there's been, we, we've been missing something for a few years, and I do get it. There's been a lot of frustration around the club, and it's seeped into the crowd, but it doesn't always have to be like that. These are a lot of new players, a, you know, a younger team. We can hopefully build that connection between team, manager, and supporters again, it, and it will take us so much further than, than if we try and do it without us. Um, really quick, guys, before we finish, keep, Sigur- keep Sigurdsson on penalties. No, no, six this year and missed half of them. But All who? three of them. Are... Yeah, and there's no rebounds next year, is that? The, the, you can't score rebounds off penalties next year. I think isn't, isn't that a rule that's being introduced? I've got no, I've been heard that. Is that true? Uh, a, a few, a few. People I would sort of hate that if that's the case. Uh... I, I, I think, I think, you know, I, I don't know his exact penalty statistics, but a few, like uh, quite a few of his converted penalties have been from the eventual rebound, haven't they? So you know what. Stick Dominic Calvert-Lewin on them. Put your centre forward on them. We haven't got Leighton Baines anymore, so just put your centre forward on them. Just pick a name. Pick a play. Uh, for me, it's not even about technique with a penalty. It's about nerve. And clearly, he's, yeah, yeah. It's just it, you just pick a side, hit it hard, and you know you've got to you know just deal with it. Um, I don't. You just look at. You just find someone in training and just go listen. Who, who wants to do it? Could be Andre Gomez. Could be Luca Dean. Luca Dean is who I was thinking just because he takes those kicks yeah. outside the box so often, you know. But I don't know. But I think, yeah, when I the actual penalty itself. The short runoff, it, it tells the keeper what, you, yeah. what you're doing with your body position and it's too yeah. easy to read. Mm. Yeah. So it's it was really – and to be honest with you, it just wasn't – if you're going to go for a corner, 
actually go for the damn corner. I don't know. It's just like when you kick it that, yeah. when you leave it that far to the middle, you're just assuming you're sending them the wrong way. You know what I mean? I'm sorry, yeah, but he's Gilfie Sigurdsson. He can put it in the <clears throat> damn corner if he wants to. Yeah, give him, give him his credit, though. He put it, you know, he sent, to keep, he sent it the other way, didn't he, with the rebound pretty well. So Yeah, I mean, I'll give him a little credit for that, but he's still Gilfie damn Sigurdsson. <laughs> I mean, it's 12 yards out of penalties, and I feel like if he was 24 yards out, he'd have a better chance. It's like, <laughs> that's, where the not, that's not a bad call. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, why does he use... Oh, wow. I don't, I he's, he's still not, he's still not for the free kick for us, has he? Isn't it? Oh. A direct free kick. He's, he's hit some absolute raspers from, yeah. but must open play. Mm. Oh, that that's that's Everton syndrome. That you got absolutely class out free kicks, and then you put a blue shirt on, and all of a sudden you stop being able to do it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I expect uh, Luca Dean to be struck by that next season as well. You watch. Oh, I hope not. Ah. <laughs> ah. <laughs> We just need more okay. opportunities. We'll get it. We just need, we do, we just haven't been attacking very much lately. I think so. All right. So, anything else, guys? Chelsea reaction? Feeling good? Yeah. Feeling good. Yeah. Yes. Warm and fuzzy. So that's uh, that's it for Chelsea reaction. I'll be honest. Trying to figure out what other segment to do today, it was it was not easy because pretty much most of the talking points about Everton were covered in the match review. That's what mainly is what's going on with Everton right now. Uh, however, we we've decided to kind of bring someone out of the shadows, so to speak. Uh, Max mentioned Idrissa Gay got man of the match against uh, Chelsea, played a really good game, but he's probably on the way out. All right, um, and I know once once James McCarthy played against Gormaya in that full game, everybody's thinking, "Oh, he's he's going to be back in the squad a lot more. We're going to see a lot more James McCarthy because we had not been seeing a lot of Schneiderlin. Schneiderlin was was nowhere, and so everybody's expecting McCarthy to be reintegrated and Schneiderlin to basically leave during the winter. Uh, and all of a sudden, Morgan Schneiderlin is is a fully contributing member of the squad now he looks max's long-term commitment to man crush morgan <laughs> has paid off so far all no, right I, I, like, <laughs> I, like, I like them both i like them both an awful lot <laughs> but it's it, so it's this this so morgan schneiderlin's i guess resurgence has left mccarthy in a really weird spot so well i mean what i mean we're talking about a passionate player who has dealt with some pretty harsh, one particularly harsh injury, um, but some other, you know, a lot of niggling injuries for a while. Um, now, what do we, let's pretend like if we had the, the squad the way it is right now, and somebody said, you got to sell or keep James McCarthy, what do you do with him, Max? Like I said, I, for me, it entirely depends on whether Idris Gay's getting that move to PSG or not. I'm a, I'm a huge fan of James McCarthy in, in, in Martinez's first season when he went, you know, obviously James McCarthy was one of the first players that he brought from the brought to the club. I he, he, to me he was player of the season that year. Like mm-hmm. alongside Gareth Barry in central midfield and I know he might not got the same dynamic with say uh, Andre Gomez there. But he proved just how much of a you know effective player he can be both defensively and offensively with his you know with his drives forward it's quite sad to see I was looking at him is you know his, his, his um, appearances since signing for the club been out for the last five seasons and just due to injury and always I think his groin and another problem that he's had the numbers of appearances have just gradually gone down and down and down over the seasons like 34 in his first season 28 in his second 29 in his third 12 in his fourth four in his fifth and, and that's it like he's not played this season like it, it's a really sad case to be fair because mm-hmm. it, you know he's like, I personally think he's an absolutely fantastic player when he's fitting on form but um, as I say I personally do feel at the moment Adrissa Gate is our most important player if we can keep him that would be ideal but it's looking likely that he is going to go to PSG and James McCarthy does need to be given some you know proper consideration uh, really quick, Max. If we replace Adrissa Gay with someone like a like a Decore or something like that, that type of player, does McCarthy stay on? 
probably because I think if McCarthy was indicating him showing levels of form, such as in mm-hmm. his first season or anything similar to some of the performances that you see the core eight turning for for Wofford, um, then I think you consider him. But obviously, I, can't, I, I genuinely don't think we do Wofford um, business with Wofford again after the mm-hmm. whole shenanigans over compensation, the whole mm-hmm. beef over Rich Allison. I, I personally don't think it would happen. But if we were to get, say, a decor in, I do think that I'd probably spell the end for for McCarthy. Yeah, I, I just give Decoria as an example because we know that Silva, like you know, they're like buddies, and he loves them. Um, uh, Terry, what do you think about this whole uh, situation? What do you think uh, we're gonna do with with McCarthy? Because you know, McCarthy's opinion is pretty important in all this as well. I think he'll go. <clears throat> I think we'll sell him. Um, for how much I don't know, considering you know the uh, bargaining position is not going to be very good, considering his last couple of years. I mean, Max said there when he first came into the club, he was he was outstanding. He was one of our best players, and we missed him when he wasn't playing. Like I think when we were chasing fourth in Roberto Martinez's first season, um, it really fell apart against Crystal Palace because we played a game without McCarthy in centre midfield and just got overrun. It was a, it was that important that a game without him mm-hmm. cost us big, but it's got to be said that was what five six years ago. It's like it's it's not it's verging now into Jack Wilshere territory. Not in the sense of you know he gets injured every two minutes, but it's like he's a good player. But when do you get to see it? When when do you get like play him? I don't know what's gone on this season. I genuinely thought I may have said this in a much earlier episode, but. Um, I thought we'd see him throughout Christmas. I thought that goal, Mario yeah. game, you know, he comes back and thought just around Christmas week, you know, like when all the players we've got, so a lot of the new players are going to be not used to that. Like, you know, a lot of like, not just players in centre midfield either, but like Luca Dean, Bernard, everyone, they're all going to be really flagging to have a midfielder come in fresh with the energy that McCarthy had. I thought it might be nailed on, but he still hasn't, he's not even making many benches now. So I, I just don't think the club see him as an, um, uh, him as having a future here and I think he's one of the players who you probably will get another Premier League club coming for because he is a good player on his day the club will take, an, um, take a chance on him at a probably reduced fee because of the injuries but I don't know I think he could could be a player here but it's a, it's, it's a long you know the reality is it's a long shot that he's even going to be you know, fit most of the time because that that horrific leg leg break wasn't the only injury he tend to, he had before that. He had a spell where he was constantly picking up, you know, muscle injuries, and he'd get back just in time for an island squad, and he'd go away with it, and he'd come back injured again. And yeah. <clears throat> we had our managers falling out with the island managers, and just I just think his time at Everton is up. Good player, still got something to offer, but clearly. I think Silva brings the players who he sees as, as his guys around him and uses them, and the ones who aren't, you don't hear from them, you don't see from them. And McCarthy has just been going to training every day for months now, fully fit and ready to play, and he's not even making the squads. Yeah. So I think that's a big indicator that he's probably going to be out the door and we're going to bring in other players to replace him. Regard, I don't think the address gay situation changes. I think, we'll, I think Brands and Silva might just look at players in isolation and McCarthy probably wants to go as well. He probably feels like he should have contributed more and he could have contributed more now, but he's not been playing. Yeah. Um, I I think we're going to buy Gomez. You know, I do. Um, and I do think Idrissa Gay is going to go. Uh, and I think we'll buy a player to replace Idrissa Gay, but not in the exact same mold. Same thing we were talking about earlier, guys. Um, uh, I I think it'll be a because Silva likes to play a certain way, and he likes those those players to be a certain mold of player. Uh, I do think it'll be someone in a Decore type of mold, but I don't I don't really think it'll be Decore Max like you were saying. Um, uh, I think Tom Davies I, he'll stay, and I think Morgan Schneiderlin has proven has worked his way back in. So at this point, I just don't know where the room is for McCarthy to play. Now, you're you're right. I actually put on here, what if he, do we think he'll ever recapture that first 
season of Mar Martinez form. You know what I mean? Which is hard to figure out because he's older. He's had injuries, and none of us are, are psychic as far as I know. So trying to predict that, I don't know. But so many muscle injuries down the road, it's hard to have that. He plays a position where... Yeah, I was going to say, so many, so many muscle injuries when your game is predicated on covering ground. Yeah, that's what you I mean. Know, it's, it's not going to do your legs any favors, is it? It's hard. It's really hard. I mean, I realize if we get a different type of player than an Adrissa Gay, we won't necessarily need a straight-up ball winner the way Adrissa Gay has been, but that was still part of, part of McCarthy's game. You know what I mean? So... It's hard for me to envision him becoming the exact same player. I agree. I think he'll go somewhere, and he'll get a starting role somewhere. And he may even have a decent little career. I just don't think we'll see the same player that we saw his first year. And for that, uh, you know, he's a guy I like. I do. You know, um, any kind of negative feelings I had toward him for kind of going off and getting injured, you know, they've kind of subsided because of his injuries, and I want, I'm pulling for him now. You know what I mean? I just I want him to do well, but I just think I I think he's moving on. I do. Um, and, and if Schneiderlin had not come in, I may be singing a different tune right now. But Schneiderlin. I thought, a different guy. I thought that I thought that McCarthy would come in ahead of Schneiderlin eventually because on paper McCarthy is very much a Marco Silva type player. He's not just a tackler. He is a sort of all action box to box player who can contribute going in both directions, which is why. It surprised me that he's not really featured. I I would have thought that not exactly like a you know Decore, but that sort of template of a player that you know picks it up on the edge of his own box, but can also be effective on the edge of the opposition box and you know all over the pitch. It just uh, he seemed the tailor made Marco Silva central midfielder, but hasn't kicked the ball other than that friendly. So he, it must be that he just doesn't see. A long-term future. Maybe the club, the club themselves, have decided that um, they're not willing to, you know, ca you know, carry on with them with all the, you know, the aggro with the island squads and that. I mean, that's a little bit conspiracy theory, but who knows? Who knows? Yeah, I mean, it's just one of those players where if he ended up, you know, kicking it in gear in training and Silva sees that, it seems like Silva rewards that. He sees it and he does reward these sorts of things. Um, so it, I don't think Silva is, is a dumb guy. I think he's a pretty sharp guy who really cares and is not on vacation every chance he gets. I think he's usually at training. Yeah, that was a dig. But, <laughs> <laughs> I get it. <laughs> but, but uh, you know, I think he does reward players, the ones that he feels like are doing the most work for his system. And if McCarthy's working hard and if he feel, feels like he deserves it, then he'll get a shot. Now, of course, we'd be, we'd be uh, delighted if that happens. Right now, it's just not looking like it because there's not a lot of season left. So, anyway, uh, respect to James, Carthy, James McCarthy. But um, I, don't think, I don't think we're – I don't know. It may be a mutual thing. Both sides decide we need to part, you know? So, anyway, we all like him, though. Hey. All right, so enough about uh, James McCarthy. That was uh, that was our glimpse into the the darkest depths of the squad right now. Uh, sadly for James, but we do think he'll end up being a starter somewhere, some point, some point soon. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, it's time for if you know your history, the Everton-based quiz segment that pits. Terry against Max in a cage match of Toffee's Wit and Might. Spiel over. So this is going to be another uh, starting 11 quiz for these two fine gentlemen to uh, show off their, their Everton chops, their know-how, their elbow grease, uh, to see, uh, you know, how deep, how deep does, does their knowledge dip. All right, well, I am curious. This one uh, is not from last year or the year before. It's a little earlier. All right. This will be a starting 11 quiz. And uh, if you're, for those of you who don't understand how a starting 11 quiz works, figure it out. Uh, <clears throat> good luck to you. No, I mean, it's pretty simple. I'll say, hey, who started in this game from the 1800s? And they have to tell me who started. 
for Everton. And then if, it will also include subs that played. And after that, if we still need tiebreakers, we'll go into who scored the goals. And yeah, and it should be done before then, though, because this one, this one is a little harder. Uh, and they'll take turns. That's how it works. All right. So, uh, gentlemen, this is my memory card that I'll be flipping heads and tails. Whose turn to call it? Heads. We have no idea. Heads. Terry's calling it. He says heads. It is tails. Max, Max, first or second? Second, please. Shocking. All right. Cue intense quiz music. It builds. It's a slow builder, making the mix very difficult in post. But there it is. It's going. All right. <laughs> so, gentlemen, May 16th, 2009. Everton 3, West Ham 1. Who were our starters and subs that played? Terry, you will be kicking us off. What year? 2009? 2009. 2009. Um, Tim Howard. Tim Howard. It's a good guess, dude. He did. He did start. He did. Stephen Pienaar. Stephen Pienaar. Another good one. He he started as well. Terry, we're back to you, dude. Tim Cahill. Tim Cahill. I'm familiar. Yes, he started. Leighton Baines. Leighton Baines. Yes. That is a correct answer as well. Terry. May 2009. So I can remember who was injured because they were injured for the um, FA Cup final. Yeah. So. So. Yobo will have played. Yobo did play. Wow. Sorry. I just marvel at you, Jets. <laughs> I, Max. Do, do you want me to just give you a weird bit of trivia? I remember Leon Osman being on the front of the program for this game, so I'm going to say Leon Osman. Yeah, well, he, he started. Yeah, so, I remember the game. I, I don't think this is a weird bit of trivia. I think this is a good way for you to know the answers. That's <laughs> pretty smart. All right, Terry, I'm back with you, dude. Um, I'm going to go with the centre-back partner. I'm going to go with Lescott. And yes, he did start. Philip Neville. Yeah, you guys are you guys are doing pretty well. Doing pretty well. Got three more starters, and then uh, subs. Um. So we've had Neville. We've had Osman. There was no Arteta. He was injured. Marwan Fellaini. Fellaini. Yes, Fellaini did start you know what I think I think maybe the intense quiz music let's let's switch it up some alright so uh, Ben give us it doesn't have to be Little Spanish Fleas some other random like uh, game show music from the past surprise us is what I'm saying and there it is okay cool thank you has, Max. Tim, has Tim Cahill been said yeah yes he has I said it first <sighs> 2009, Louisa Ha. Louisa Ha did start. One more name on the starters. And you can, and obviously there are subs, so if you say a sub's name, it will count. That played. I think I know, because I remember, because he should have started the final, and if we ha- and if he had a start of the final, we may have won. Lars Jakobsen. That is the final starter. Guys, this is... This is, uh, this is getting yeah. sort of ridiculous. The, the FA so, Cup final sort of era, I remember it. Like, like yeah, I, that was like... The, the, these are my favourite days of following Everton here. Like, these are like me prime, like in primary school. Um, I like I like how you guys tell me that you have these lives that you go back to when you clearly are studying nothing but Everton trivia. Like, you know... <laughs> All of the rest of your time. There's no way. This is real. It's, it's really good. Max. Jack Rodwell. Jack Rodwell came in the 69th minute for uh, Marwan Fellaini. 
Yakuba was injured, so Saha started. So it can only really be one of two players who came in for a striker. It would either be a Victor and Ichibi or James Vaughan. I'm going to go with James Vaughan. That's a good one to go with because he came in in the 80th minute for Louis Saha. I've got one, and it's not one of the names that you mentioned that I remember because me granddad, me and my granddad absolutely hated him when he was 11 because he was so lazy. Joe. <laughs> that is the last sub, that 80th season, minute for Cahill. That, that was the season where he scored his trick on his debut, wasn't it? Guys, yeah. guys, we are, we are now on to uh, goal scorers. And Ben, uh, it wouldn't be the worst idea if you rock another different song because you guys are running these songs down. And there, there's a new song. Nice. Is it my turn? Or... Yes, it is. I think Saha scored. He did. Saha scored. I, re- I, I remember the game, though. Like, I know who scored as well because... Well, so, and I'll tell you off camera as to why I remember it, but I, I literally remember the game and I know who scored the other goal too. All right. All right, hold on. So, Saha scored. Who's who's next, Max? Yeah, Saha scored twice and Joe Yogo got one too. Scored ahead of Gladys Street and I was in the Gladys Street with my dad. So, Max, you have, you have given the answer for yours and... And one of, one of uh, Terry's there. I didn't mean that. I just thought because he said Sahar that he covered both yeah. goals. You know I was I, mean? I was insinuating that it was yeah. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> so we're out of those now. Who scored for West Ham? This is this I is ridiculous. No, I don't know. I can't remember who was playing for West Ham at that time. Can we not do the players on the bench you never got used? Because <laughs> I can remember one. <laughs> I mean, we can go into those, but eventually we will have to do the West Ham scorers. I don't know. I can't think of anyone for West Ham. Um, Max, Mark are you fine not. if... Ma- I was going to say, Max, are you fine if he goes into subs that didn't play, or what? Yes, sure. I was going to take that. I'm going through the West Ham team at that time. I just know Zola was the manager, but in terms of players, Carlton yeah. Cole... I can only remember Mark Noble because he was there like since time began. Um, okay, so am I okay to name the non-playing subs? Yes. Yes. Okay, Carlo Nash. Yes. Because he's the keeper. Dan Gosling. I knew you were going. Hello. I didn't even have Hello. to ask you. I could have just like said it for you. All right, go ahead, uh, Terry. If Jakobsen played, when was Hibbert on the bench? Hold on, is that your guess? Are you saying? Yes. Okay, yes, yes, Hibbert was on the bench. Oh. Uh, push me here. I'm just, I'm going through all the different places. Like, like, I probably used to still do, like, the squad at that time. Segundo Castillo. Because he had legs, like... Ah, in the world. Yeah. He that had is, legs, like, tree trunks. That is correct. Okay? So, I have one more bit of information, which is the West Ham score. Each one of you guess. And so, so Terry, do you want to stick with your guess? or uh, I'll have to, because I can't remember any West Ham players other than okay. that time. Okay, Terry Noble. says Mark Noble. Max, who do you say? Lewis Bahamote. I remember him playing for West Ham. Can't think he's good, though. I just the, remember our goals. The goal in the 24th minute. I'm not going to say this dude's name right. Kovac. Kovac. K O V A C. No, it I, just makes me think of Bayern Munich, man. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Nico Kovac. <laughs> uh, Kovac. I always thought, of, I, I always see that and I'm like, is that Kovac? I'm not sure. But uh, yeah, Kovac for West Ham, 24th minute. So, guys, do I pick now? Is that what's happening? Because you, got, you guys yes. got everything yes, you, you right. Pick. Oh, you hell. have to pick. Let me go through my Spotify. 
<laughs> it's finally happened. You have to think. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Quizmaster John, don't do 2009 again. We both remember it really well. It did yeah. so oh. well. It was ridiculous. The golden age. In Europe. <sighs> Let's see FA here. Cup final. Uh, you know what? I would have struggled earlier in that season, but the fact that it was May, I remembered it. Like, yeah, was, the end of the season. Because I can remember the cup final so well. Because it was like Jagielka, Arteta and Yakubu, the spine of the team, were all injured for that final. It bothers me to this day. Mm. I was there, I think he done in. It was harsh. And that was when Anichibi broke his leg at Newcastle away. That's why he ran in the squad. Mm. Uh, yeah, that's why I went with Vaughan, because that was when Kevin Nolan done him, wasn't it? Come on, Jerry, this is your time to shout right. on the song. I am going to go with... Coffee and TV by Blur. Which, we talked about this a long time ago. I told you, it's a a video I saw a long time ago. And basically, it's this little milk carton look. You know, it's got a picture, like, missing. And it's got the little, the guy on it. And he's, the milk carton's, like, running around the city trying to find the guy who's missing on the milk carton. And, uh, yeah. I remember hearing, seeing the video a long, long time ago. And that was the first, my first introduction to Blur. And then song two came out, and I was like, well, this is cool and all, but I actually, I've heard it so much, I'm like, eh, I've had enough. I like the, the other Blur stuff now, you know what I mean? So this one in particular, it's just, I connected with it. I don't know why, it's just happy. I just feel happy right now. I'm very at peace, and this song is just... You know, it's just, it gets my head going back and forth. It's just a happy... So I've, I've done, like, you know, Tenacious D in the past. I usually like to drop something that's unexpected. So, yes. I feel like the last thing you would expect from me is a Blur song that didn't make it on the radio. <laughs> I'm not supposed to know that stuff. So, that is what's happening. So, Ben, cue that up whenever you like. And, uh, yeah. And I realize I can generate no conversation on this because these guys are like, I don't really know. No, it, 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 yeah, it is some conversation from this. I was in uni the other day and a lad sitting behind me in one of my lectures was just going off on how much he hated Blair. Like, don't get me wrong, right? I'm a massive Oasis. I'm a massive Oasis fan and I think Oasis are so much better. He was going like, oh, compare Oasis Oasis versus Blair, this, this, that, and the other. It's like the Messi Ronaldo debate, isn't it? Yes. Oasis Oasis and Messi, and Blair and Ronaldo, like Messi slash Oasis, are clearly better, but just appreciate them both. They're very good. (laughs) People love all that, though, don't they? Like Apple and PlayStation and Xbox, they absolutely love it. Anything they can be on a team, they just want to do it. Like, Well, and it's that whole, like, ranking things. We have this thing inside us where, like, oh, we have to know who's the best. We have to know what's the best. What's <clears> the <throat> best Marvel movie? What's the, what's my, what's your top five? You know what I mean? Like, we have this thing with feeling like we need to to rank things. And, and when, it, when in reality, things are just complicated and it, it's t- really difficult to just straight up quantify things you know what I mean with movies like quantifying it what's the highest selling record of all time no that is not what's the best you know what I mean it's it's subjective it's all about what you what you like you need you know like I've listened to way more Oasis than I have Blur but I feel like I should I'm just trying to listen to more Blur because I know a lot of people like them so that's yeah I like some of it some of it I don't Oh, well, it's the way it is. So, I don't know. That's one of the things. Uh, I, I feel like our our group understands the fact that the world is pretty gray. Right. It's a gray world. It's just the way it is. Apart from whenever it wins. <laughs> and then it's very blue, yes. <laughs> and that is a good line to end on. Uh, that's That's the end of our big show. Uh, podcasters, thanks so much for listening. Leave us a leave us a kind review if you like. Subscribe to the Toffee Blues podcast. That's just, I mean, there's nothing holding you back. Nothing. Uh, it's on Spotify now, so what? Very cool things. Uh, 
if you uh, and if you want to see our faces, uh, the Topic Blues YouTube channel is, is like a perfect place to do that. So check that out. Do that. Um, if you want more Terry, check out the Liverpool Echo fan jury. He'll he'll tell you when he's going to be there uh, on his Twitter. So look there. Also check Max's Twitter. He'll tell you when he's going to be uh, in the many places he's going to be. Um, but also the Toffee Blues website. He puts a lot of analysis on there. And you should just check out the Toffee Blues website anyway because why not? There's all kinds of like really you know awesome blues giving you information on there. So yeah, all things Everton on there. Uh, follow the Toffee Blues on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. No more plugging. I, I, it is time for me to unplug and uh, get this, try to get this footage out there to the world. So uh, thanks so much. Terry, good to see you, buddy. You too, guys. Always a pleasure. Max, man, good stuff. As always. Thanks for having me. All right. Much love to you guys. And, yeah, happy days. We can smile and, and actually mean it now. It's great. All right, guys. So I'll talk to you later. Until later in the week, much love. Bye-bye.